I know I can put you on the spot now. It might happen more, more often. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we, I, you know, I have an excuse for not reminding you. We ran to Kansas City this week, and you know, out here we're pretty blessed. We don't have to have, you know, masks as much as other places. But I think a lot of places are getting more relaxed. There's a lot more people uh, open. And I was wondering. You know, with all this warm weather, it'd be nice to go to Hawaii, but I wonder if they still have to wear masks over there. Then, you know, they didn't want us to sing here. I wonder if they let people laugh with a loud laugh in Hawaii or if they just can do a low haw. But... So, anyway... All right, we're awake. All right, good. <laughs> let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us, and we, we thank you that we come here and worship you. Our Creator, uh, our Savior, our Sustainer, um, Lord, we look to you and, and we just thank you, and we are so grateful. We love the green, uh, the green grass. We love the the fields that are, are being planted, the, the looks of them, Lord. And, and we thank you, Lord, for everything you've given us here in central Nebraska, um, the many blessings, and uh, most of all, for each other, Lord. And not only for each other and the gifts that you've given us through the Holy Spirit, but your word that you have um, placed uh, within our hands. Um, Lord, we ask that you would guide us as we look to your word, that you would help us uh, to understand and comprehend. We know it is by your Holy Spirit that we're able or enabled to, to be um, convicted by your word and able to understand your word, Lord. And so just remove the blinders from our eyes and help uh, our hearts to be soft. Uh, like those those fields that are being planted, that we would receive the the word of truth within uh, our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to go back a couple weeks. Last week we had uh, Andrew and Megan Gilland here, and and just keep them in your prayers, please, as they continue to move forward in trying to go to Florida. Uh, we want to go back uh, and look at the Word of God again. Here and, and the blessings of God's Word. I believe here at Tulane Church, as a Bible-believing, preaching church, uh, that we understand the value of God's Word, right? In our lives, and we've kind of been going over that. I got pretty carried away a couple weeks ago as I was preaching and only got halfway through the first set of, of, of my notes. And so we're going to go back to that. And, and some truths that I want you to cling to uh, today that we mentioned a couple weeks ago is the Word of God is totally sufficient for every need of man, right? The Word of God is totally sufficient. Uh, it's totally sufficient because um, as we looked at uh, a few weeks ago, uh, not only is it um, God's Word written, but because it is God's Word written, it is the very Word of God. It is what He has spoken to us. And, and the, the difficulties, um, you know, as I was preaching this, 
this sermon in Thedford was um, earlier, you know, a few minutes earlier, the sirens went off and and um, we didn't know what it was all about. No one of the, the guys that helps at church had to be go out on that, that call as an EMT, as a firefighter, and found out later what had happened. And in that sermon that evening, I had mentioned that sometimes um, we want more answers than we get. We want more specifics as to why, you know, a young mom who loved the Lord would pass away in such a, um, a weird uh, freak accident. And he doesn't always give us the specific answers. He doesn't always give us the answers of why someone is ailing in such a way. Uh, he gives us the right answers, and he gives us enough answers, but we oftentimes want more, right? And so when we go back to that statement that God's Word is totally sufficient for every need of man, it comes back to the reality we have to just step back and trust in what He has told us. Um, We often think, it will help my faith. It will help me to grow if I have those specific answers. But would it? But I want to challenge you to to not allow uh, what you want answered to diminish your perspective of the Word of God in any way whatsoever, but that you would cling to Christ all the more and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your hearts and grow in Him uh, as you continue in your relationship with the Lord Jesus, which means that you study Scripture and you spend time in prayer with Him. And you're involved with other believers. And so, the challenge for us, as it was two weeks ago, is that the believer must seek to be a student of God's Word, receptive to His transformational conviction. Receptive to His transformational conviction. Let us not be the hard ground or even the thorny ground that the seed falls upon. But the soft, tender soil, ready and receptive, uh, not just for the gospel, but for all of God's Word. And so I'm just twisting that that parable a little bit. That's about not just God's Word, but the gospel message being implanted and growing in the life of the person. But we need to understand the believer. We, We should expect to gain transformational truth from God's Word, right? We should expect it. Does it always come the way we want? No, does that mean that we stop? That we give up? That our commitment lessens? Absolutely not. We need to be committed to Him and to His Word. Because God's communication to us is absolutely transformational. The Word of God is given for our transformation and and not just for our information, correct? Correct? It's given for our transformation, not just for our information. And so let's go to 2 Timothy again, 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15. If you like to write in your Bibles uh, or highlight things, 2.15 is a, a perfect verse to have. Not only highlighted, but memorized. And as we memorize Scripture, kids, it's important not to let leave any words out. 
because every word's important. Um, as Evelyn was going through some verses this morning with me, uh, it's for her rodeo Bible camp, which is also coming up this summer. Um, it's important to know every word in, in, that's in here and have that memorized and to mold that over in your mind. Because as we start out, be diligent. Okay, let's be diligent. Let's, let's be students, studious of God's Word. That is, be diligent not of, to study God's Word here, but it says be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Here's the part accurately handling the word of truth. So therefore, you need to be diligent in your study of the word of God. But rightly cutting it straight, rightly handling, handling, accurately handling the word of truth. So we're to be diligent, not just to study the word of God, but to study God's word so that it can transform our lives so that we are people who are approved to God as workmen who aren't ashamed. We're not ashamed. Because we know what God's Word says, and we follow it. We know what God's Word says, we obey it. Not only do we know God's Word and what it says, but we have a relationship with our crucified and risen Savior. And so through all of this, we have started out going back to the the first statement that God's Word is totally sufficient. That God's Word is totally sufficient. And we looked at how the Bible stands alone as God's infallible Word. Remember that word, infallible? Uh, Fallible is that you could have mistakes or you could make mistakes. God's Word does not make any mistakes. It does not have any mistakes in it. So it's infallible. And so God's Word stands alone. and there's, there's a quote I was trying to think of earlier. The Bible is the Word of God in such a way that when God speaks, or when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Because God's Word is absolutely true without any errors, without any problems. It is infallible. We know it is God speaking directly to us through His Word. And we went over how Jesus had verified it. Remember John 17, 17, a verse you should memorize in Jesus' prayer the night uh, that He was going to be betrayed. He was praying and He said, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. There's other passages that we went over that talked about how Jesus validated the Old Testament. That is, He said, yes, These are true. Jonah was a real person. There was a real thing that happened to Jonah, right? And Joseph, right? Jonah was swallowed by a great fish and spit upon the ground. Okay? We also talked about how um, the New Testament writers, not just the ones who walked with Jesus, but the ones that had an encounter with Jesus like Paul as an apostle who was untimely born. So the apostles all were given the ability to proclaim the truth of God's Word. We know what they wrote is God's Word. And then they validated the reality that Paul and what he wrote, even though he was not of the original twelve, what he wrote is God's Word. And the others who who knew and loved Jesus, who were 
uh, God's apostles were proclaiming the truth of God's Word. And, and 2 Peter 3.15 is where we went for that. So let's pick up where the Bible guides His people through His Spirit. And we may have just simply touched upon this briefly last time I was with you, but let's go back and look at this. And would you turn to John 16? John 16 with me. Going back to John 16... 12 through 15, again, this is the night of the Last Supper. He's talking to the disciples. He, he's, he's teaching them. He's trying to encourage them. And he tells them at this point in time in verse 12 through 15. One more page, all right. On the next day, oh, I went to 12. Okay, I was in the right place. Someone pray for me. I'm all over the place today. I already read one passage that was in the wrong place. All right, John 16, 12 says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for He will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that He takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Okay, He's preaching to the disciples that if He goes, the Holy Spirit will come. And He names in verse 13 the name of the Holy Spirit, another indicator of who he is is he is the spirit of what truth right and in this passage it says that he will disclose to you what is to come not only will he help you understand what you have heard not only will he bring to mind for uh jesus's disciples for those who are filled with the holy spirit in the years to come not only will he bring to mind what they had learned but He will disclose to you what is to come. That is not only what He had taught, but also what will be in the future. So can we trust the Word of God? Yes, we can. And also what we need to understand is not only that the Holy Spirit will disclose, but help them to understand. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So when we're in Bible study, when we're, we're spending time in the Word of God, we need to have the proper methods of Bible study. But one of those proper methods, methods of Bible study is first going to the Lord in prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through chapter 3, it says, But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men 
know the thoughts of man except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But, he, but we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. So at the end there, I wanted to include those because he's reprimanding them because he had taught them the Word of God and they had not taken it and they had not grown in the Word of God, but they could grow in the Word of God. They could grow spiritually as they would understand scripture as they seek to understand scripture that is pardon me as they would study it they would be directed by the holy spirit because they are truly believers and as believers we have the holy spirit and as believers as we study the word of god therefore we're able to understand exactly what god wants us to understand therefore the word of god is illumined to us and Praise the Lord, people have not taken the word illumined for what they want to say. There's a new word that people are using. You don't really know how bad you are as a racist because you're not woke. Okay. So there's a little different twist on it. So those who do not know Christ are not unable to understand Scripture because they have not been and dwelt with the Holy Spirit. And yet we know it's the Holy Spirit that convicts all the world of sin. And so when they come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are awakened to the reality of what God's Word says because now they have the Spirit inside them teaching them what the Word of God really is teaching them or what God wants them to, to understand and to know. And so they have been awakened to the spiritual things. But yet they can be awakened because the Holy Spirit is one who convicts the world of sin. And the reality is here is we need to just understand that the, the, the Word of God is adequate. It is sufficient for us because the Holy Spirit guides us. And the Holy Spirit uses Scripture in our lives to convict and to illumine what we need to understand. Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And part of that is because what does the Holy Spirit use? He uses the Scriptures to convict us. And if we're never in the Word of God, if we're never studying Scripture, then we cannot be as convicted as we are. But praise the Lord, the Holy Spirit's not limited, but we must be in Scripture. That's the whole point. I'm talking in circles here, but it is a blessing to truly know that God uses Scripture in our lives through His Holy Spirit. We're not left alone to try to discern it ourselves. The Holy Spirit illumines Scripture so we can be convicted, so that we could be guided, so that we could have the right direction as we study it. So we can know what God really wants us 
to be doing. And so he discloses and helps us understand as we looked at that verse, first passage. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit helps us understand what, we, what has been written and he convicts us. The Holy Spirit doesn't just help us understand, but he uses the word to promote Christ-likeness in our lives. And so verse 16, right? But we have the mind of Christ. Why do we have the mind of Christ? Because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives and the Holy Spirit is guiding us in our study as we study the Word of God. All right. Romans 12, 5 through 8. The Holy Spirit gifts His people. So not only do we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we have other believers who have been gifted by the Holy Spirit to help us to grow in the Word of God, to help us understand and mature, understand the Word, and mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Romans 12. And we could go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but Romans 12, real quick, as we look at this passage, 12, 5 through 8. So we who are many, and we're jumping right into it. So one good Bible study method is do not take passages out of context, okay? Context here is he's telling them that we're all brought into one family and we're all given it, given spiritual gifts in this family of God. We're one bodies, all in one body, pardon me. Uh, we have different functions. Verse 5, so we who are many are one body in Christ and and individually members one of another, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay. What Paul is talking about here in this passage is about the body of Christ. We're all one body because we're all indwelt with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then gives His people or God's people gifts to be used for the growth of the body. Correct? But the growth of the body cannot occur if we're not in the Word. And the growth of the body cannot occur if we're not using those gifts. And the growth of the body does not occur if the Holy Spirit is not in our lives. But He is. And He uses Scripture for us to to help us to grow. And therefore, Scripture is essential in our lives. But also, as we grow, the gifts that He gives are used for Teachers are included, preachers in the Word, teachers who even write in books. Now, so we come back to the reality though, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts so that we can help each other grow to understand the Word of God and to understand where we need to grow uh, as individuals and as a church group, okay? But the teacher can be wrong, right? Right? I mean, I like Warren Wiersbe, but Warren Wiersbe can be wrong. Just like Pastor Lee, which I'm probably more wrong more often than Wiersbe or John MacArthur or any of them, right? But we are all men who should be guided by the Word of God. But what always trumps 
the teacher or the preacher? Is it, am I more reliable or is the Bible more reliable? A, the teacher, preacher, Pastor Lee, or B, the Bible? Be the Bible, right? So we, what I'm saying is we can be wrong even though we are given gifts by the Holy Spirit and we can write or teach or preach accurate things and we still may be wrong in one little portion, okay? So your study notes in your Bible, are they, are they horrible? No, but can they be wrong? Yes, okay? That's what I'm saying. But are, are they good? Yeah, unless they're bad. <laughs> and I don't agree with everything uh, some of the study notes have. But the Holy Spirit gives His people gifts. And that includes those who have studied the Word of God more thoroughly than myself and have written books. But there are people that are woefully wrong. So you have to be cautious. And so I can't remember two weeks ago if I said it, but I like you version, right? It's a little Bible on your phone, and there's plans on there that you can go through, but there's some of those plans come from some people that are messed up in their Bible study methods, and then they're messed up on everything that they're saying. Well, not everything all the time. A lot of what they say at times. And so we have to be careful Ephesians 4, 14 through 16, moving along, the Holy Spirit guides His building, okay? I should have said the Holy Spirit gifts His body, and really all of this is speaking of the joint, local, and universal church, that is, the local group of believers, as well as the, the church worldwide, all those indwelt by the Holy Spirit who are part of God's family. But Ephesians 4... Hold on just a second. I wasn't turning there. Ephesians chapter 4, 14 through 16. As a result, jumping into the middle of the passage, right? Okay. So we got to be careful when we do that. Make sure we understand the context. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So we don't want to get devoid of love. But in this, when we look at this, the Holy Spirit guides or builds His body, His church, through His people who He has gifted through the Holy Spirit who uses what? The Bible. The Word of God that is implanted into our lives. And the church is built on the apostles and prophets in this passage and their biblical instruction and proclamation of the Word. And we are living stones growing up in Him. But if look at this passage. 
a favorite passage of mine, but if we're not growing in the Word, if we're not spending time in the Word, then we're going to be tossed here and there. Look at verse 14, by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men. So not only can there be godly men who are seeking to rightly handle the Word of truth that mess up from time to time, uh, but there are those who are actively seeking to trick even the elect or the body of Christ. There are preachers and teachers out there who are not preachers and teachers of the Word, and some of them try to look like it. And so that we have to, therefore, be very careful. And we need to know the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God so you know when Pastor Lee's wrong. But, church is vital for the growth and so we need each other we need each other's input in bible study we need each other to grow because each of us have been indwelt by the holy spirit those of us who are believers and given gifts by the holy spirit to use in the body and therefore we need to use the gifts that god has given us to help others grow. Understood? But when we come back to it, the real truth I want to point out is again that the Word of God uh, is important for us to grow. It's transformational. And so the question is, when we go and we see a freak accident where it takes the life of someone, you know, I, I love to go to those places and I hate to go to those places but I love it when they can I can just step back and hear them speak out truth from the word of God because they're already spiritually mature are you ready for those gut punches or because of of your lack of discipline and lack of desire to grow in the Lord is it going to destroy your life instead of just be a gut punch God's Word is filled with invaluable truths. It's extremely valuable. And when we go back to that original passage in, in 2 Timothy 2.15, we're to be diligent to, pre, to present ourselves approved to God as workmen who do not need to be ashamed. Okay? The Word of God is not just for our information but for our transformation so that we could be used by God to proclaim the message to build his church to make disciples to reach the lost and so if we if we were to move on um, we need to mine out the word of God with proper Bible study methods okay we need to mine out the Word of God with proper Bible study methods. And that's probably where we're going to go next. But just to point out, the reality, uh, the truth, is that we are so blessed by the Word of God. Are we spending time in it? And it's living and active because of the Holy Spirit. He uses it in our lives. Are we sensitive to Him?
So again, a couple weeks ago, what did I ask you? Are you spending time as an individual in the Word of God? Are you spending time as a family in the Word of God? Are you spending time as a couple in the Word of God? Are you involved in Sunday school? Are you involved in any Bible studies? How important is it for you to be rooted in the Word of God? How important for you is it, or how important do you think it is, to be guided by the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us. I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be committed to you and your word. Lord, as we come before you, as we end this this little discussion upon your word, about your word, um, we ask that you would convict us through your Holy Spirit in areas that that we've just kind of grown lax in, that we've just kind of let go. Help us to understand what it is that you have called us to do, that you have told us to do. Help us to understand the truths of your word so we're ready for whatever comes our way. Uh, Help us to just be sensitive to your leading, your guiding. Lord, we ask that you would help us uh, when we look at this world to understand what you tell us. The world takes a lot of imitation Uh, a lot of things that your word is taught and it makes cheap imitation. We know we're to speak the word of truth to others in love. And if we love others, we will do the right thing. So Lord, help us to be loving uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to understand the truth so that we could speak it into each other's lives. And we ask, Lord, that you would convict us of the truth so we know what it is and that we could adjust our lives according to what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.